All right, we're back. Oh yeah, finally. salty finally dog. This is over. Salty dog sports. It is March thirteenth, twenty eighteen. You got uh, myself, your host with the most, Levesque. You got Jay the Great. That's right. Um, we've been gone for a little bit. Uh, Jay, when you, you got, did you have anything going on while we were gone? Oh, it's the same old stuff for me, man. Work, Overwatch, Overwatch, yeah, yeah. killing it. Gym, nothing else. Not much happened to me, really. I mean, uh, my uh, my daughter was born. Oh yeah, congratulations! Oh yeah, by the way, my uh, my little angel was born. Uh, January 29th at two o two, and uh, man, I've been tired ever since. To be honest, yeah. I've been very sleepy, and we wanted to do this last week, but things just kind of got pushed and pushed. But we're here now, and we're happy to be here. Oh yeah, glad to be back. In today's show, we got uh, you know, we got the NCAA tournament. We got March Madness in the NBA. Pretty much. Yeah, but uh, but double March Madness this but, year. But first, let's uh, let's look at this uh, let's check out the NFL, NFL free agency. All right, we got we got names like Sammy Watkins here. He's going to KC for three years, forty-eight million dollars. Got another wide receiver. Allen Robinson going to Chicago, three years, $42 million deal. Marquise Lee, he landed a four-year, $38 million deal. He's staying with uh, Jacksonville. So we got a lot of wide receivers on the move, a lot of wide receivers making money. What do you think about that? I think uh, especially it's it's good this year for those guys, but come uh, next year and the year after when the big-name the big name wide receivers become free agents, they're about to pay them boys. It's just a sign of things to come, you oh, think? Oh, yeah, sign of things to come. Julio Jones, Antonio Brown, all of them are going to get paid. Now, I'm particularly interested in Allen Robinson. Not just because he's going to Chicago, who was like a sneakily like decent team last night. They weren't they were, decent. They were pretty good. I mean, that, they had a bad record, but they played tough games. Yeah, they added they added a player that they desperately needed. They got a young wide receiver who can... I mean, he is coming off the help injury. That rookie, help that second-year quarterback now. He is coming off the injury, so we'll see how that works. But that's they, they filled a spot that they desperately needed. Um, and they added other weapons because they got Trey Burton, the backup tight end from Philly, talking about signing with them as well. So there's going to be – that offense will look different and be more high-powered than it was last year. The defense is already good, so they, may, they could surprise people. They could be a pretty decent team. Yeah, and then you look at Sammy Watkins – what do you think he's going to deliver to KC? Do you I think, think Kansas City has the best wide receiver duo in the in the league now? Really, Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins. Tyreek Hill is already unstoppable. He's the fastest man alive, or some crazy shit. Definitely the fastest man in the NFL. He's very, he's pretty fast. And there's he's got a lot of speed. And and if Sammy Watkins can be the guy that Sammy Watkins was supposed to be, this deep threat. Oh yeah. Like now they got two guys who are deep threats. Surprisingly, with Tyreek Hill, that guy's so small. Somehow, he is a deep threat at any point in time. He just blows past cornerbacks. It's crazy. All right. uh, Some other names we're looking at. Richard Sherman to San Francisco. Quick thoughts. What do you think about that? San Francisco is going to be nice. There's no way around it. Garoppolo looked good at the end of the season. They signed uh, Godwin or Goodwin, and they got Pierre Garçon coming back. Now you add Sherman to that defense. They'll be all right. That San Fran team will be good. Yep. And then... You got some quarterback movements going on here. Huge. Um, one we were looking at, uh, Minnesota Vikings, one, they dumped all their quarterbacks. Their quarterbacks are gone now. Mm-hmm. Um, guys like Sam Bradford going to uh, 
the Cardinals. going to the Cardinals with a one-year, $20 million deal. Um, Case Keenum, he's moving to uh, Denver. Don't really know that contract yet. I don't know if you if you picked that up. I'm not sure what the contract is on that. A, I haven't seen a number on it yet, but it's it's pretty set in stone that he's in Denver. And then Teddy Bridgewater reportedly, it's the, they think he's going to sign a deal with the Jets. And then so the Jets are supposed to be closing in on a deal later this week. So they dumped all their quarterbacks. I mean, I wonder who they picked up. Huh. Man, the talk of the town here. Kirk Cousins signs a three-year, eighty-four million, all guaranteed deal to play with Minnesota. Quick thoughts. What do you think about that? One, the contract and what it means for Minnesota. Well, one, I mean, you can argue that the contract is excessive, but Kirk Cousins has proved that he's a good quarterback. I would even say, as far as quarterbacks in the league, he, he may even be elite. Mm. He, he, he's got the yardage and the stats to back it up. So, And he took a Washington team that, was, that didn't have an identity and gave them one. So... I'd have to agree a little bit with the Washington thing. For me, with Minnesota, I'm thinking, all right, Case Keenum had a had a had a had a career year that he probably would never have again. Oh, he probably wouldn't even I, match I it. Pizza. But if you look at his year, it was probably better, or if not the same as every Kirk Cousins year. So when I think about it, are they getting better from this? Are they? Is this benefiting them? I think what hurts them is the contract. They it sucks for them because they had to do this. You had to sign Kirk Cousins. Who else are you going to sign? I mean, you could give. I would give Kirk the money before I gave it to Teddy, Case, or exactly. It felt like their hands were tied a little bit. They're like, well, we got this guy Kirk Cousins. They're winning. There's no way around. They they want consistency, and they got consistency. But did they get better? I think if you look at the receivers that are already on that team, Adam Thielen, Diggs. If Kirk Cousins definitely did not have those last year in Washington. No, he didn't. I think you give Kirk Cousins those weapons, and especially with Dalvin Cook coming back, who catches balls out of the backfield, very good, very talented running back. They're going to be explosive. They're going to move down. They're going to be more of a downfield threat than they were the last year. I mean, we'll we'll see how it is next year. Um, My prediction is I think they're going to be the same team they were. And they better hope these other NFC teams don't. It, we're looking at the Saints maybe getting Jimmy Graham. You That's be awesome. you got to be scared of that. They got young play. They got a young uh, Alvin Kamara. They just signed Drew Brees on a very small deal. I mean, these other teams are going to bolster up. But the Vikings' defense is already head and shoulders better than that Saints. Defense. I will, yeah. Their defense is what's going to... And the Vikings' weapons on offense, in my opinion, are better, even if they had Jimmy Graham. Because Dalvin Cook, we didn't get to see. We got a small sample size. Exactly, yeah. Dalvin Cook, I think he's more of a key than what Kirk Cousins is. Dalvin Cook is a monster. He's a freak beast. Um, another thing I want to talk about, it's kind of late news, but you know we haven't been around, so um, the Browns. Is it is it time to celebrate as a Browns fan? After if you're seeing... a Browns fan, you gotta, you got to be happy. This is the biggest thing you've had in two decades. Unless you were under a rock, the, uh, the Browns went off and made some trades, and they landed uh, Tyrod Taylor, and they landed uh, Jarvis Landry. Mm-hmm. And I can't think of the corner's name. Oh, he's kind of forgotten in it, but yeah, I know. From Green Bay. I know. I know he's not bad. Green Bay. God damn! I wish I had it pulled up. I'm sorry, guys. But anyways, we we're really talking about Tyrod and Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry was huge. Compare him with Josh Gordon. That's pretty dangerous. Thing. I know you were saying that you think Sammy Watkins and and uh, Tyree Kill mm-hmm. scary, but I think that 
is scary. Yeah, we haven't seen Josh Gordon too much because he's been smoking weed a lot and playing video games and getting drunk and going to rehab. But it's going to be scary if he gets in that form if again. He comes, if he comes in the next season in shape and ready to play ball, they're going to be, especially since they have a full offseason to get chemistry with Tyrod. So yeah. They're going to be... They're going to be something dangerous. And you throw in that with the number one pick they still have, and if they don't take Barkley, they've lost their minds. Yeah, they need to take that running back. You take you add Barkley, and that is a dangerous offense. Now, here's the thing that's that's a little interesting about the trade. is Some people feel as if Tyrod is either you know, their quarterback that they're going to have for the season, like that's their guy, or is he a backup to an eventual draft pick? maybe the first, I would think the fourth, if they were going to draft a quarterback, what would you do if you were the Browns in that situation? Would you be taking the quarterback, or would you just be trying to hold on to uh, Tyrod Taylor, who, might I add to this, Tyrod Taylor, four interceptions last year. Yeah, he was the least least turnover-prone quarterback in the NFL. So, I mean, what do you think? What would you do? do? I think they don't have to draft a quarterback. I'm not a huge believer in the quarterbacks coming out of this draft, I feel like you could wait if you really wanted to. Or you don't pass up Barkley at number one. You have to take him at the number one. But number four, if you want to take Rosen, you could you could pull Rosen out or I don't think they're getting Josh Allen. No, nah, Josh Allen, I doubt that I doubt they have an option to get him. He'll probably go pretty quickly. I think he will go top four, top three. Yeah. So you could get Rosen or you could and you could pull the trigger on Rosen and then let him learn for a year or two under Tyrod. Let him get to know the system, see how the NFL works. But I think Tyrod's your, your starter for next year, without a doubt. Yeah. And then real quick, um, Rams, are they a contender to win a Super Bowl next year with their defense they have now with, with Aqib Tlaib coming over and um, Marcus Peters? Oh, yeah, they were a threat last year to win it, and they're even better this year. Todd Gurley's not going anywhere. Goff looks better and better every game he played last year. Do you have them over the Vikings with Kirk Cousins? Right now, my... <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I mean. That's what I'm right talking now, about. i got to say the Vikings, are the, they're the scariest team. But the Eagles, the Eagles are still there, too. The Eagles are there, too. And and then you're going to have... The NFC's just scary in general. No matter who makes the playoffs, they all got a chance to push. Is that you? Yeah, oh. me. my bad, y'all. That's but all right. The, whoever's in... The NFC's just a tough division. Yeah, it is. Or a tough I, conference, I mean. Well, and that's why you see all this stuff happening, all these trades. This is this is a very good uh, off season for the NFL. It's been very exciting, oh, yeah. very NBA like. This is the first week of first week of. I think it's been like it's what, like three days of free agency so yeah. far. Yeah. So, but something that the entire country is is ready for, and that I've been ready for, and that to be honest, I'm not a big college basketball fan, but I think everybody in I'd say a good 80% of Americans are into the NCAA tournament. And oh, it's the best tournament in sports, without a doubt. Without a doubt. Defi- 64 teams get a chance to raise a banner to be the number one team in college basketball. How can you not get behind something like that? You, yeah, no how do you can not get behind that. All right, so something we're looking at here, you know, we, uh, we got the bracket up, and uh, our number ones are UVA, Villanova, Xavier, Kansas. Who's the best out of those number ones? Who's the worst in your opinion? Uh, best? The 
most talented, I think, is Kansas. Mm-hmm. The best team is probably Virginia. Yeah, I would say. I, I kind of I agree with you there. Worst, in my opinion, Xavier. Oh, yeah, by far. By far. Um, we're going to go through our brackets, and you'll see how quickly uh, Xavier loses a mine. Um, before, well, before we actually get into our brackets completely, selection. All right. You know my feelings on the selection. Mm-hmm. I feel like the NCAA said, forget your in-conference games. It's all about out-of-conference. That's all it's about. Because oh, yeah. I think they went to this quantum thing, quantum way of, of uh, evaluating who makes it. It's like four. I forget what it was, but it was confusing to begin with. So It's always been confusing as to who makes it. But this year, I think they got, I mean, they got some wrong. Yeah, but Syracuse. Syracuse, did they get it wrong? I think they got that wrong. I I, I think there were other Syracuse teams play a lot of games this year because I'm a Tar Heels fan. So I think that I mean nine ACC teams made it, which is historically accurate. That's about how it goes every year. It's just like Seven screw the mid majors though. These mid major teams that don't get to play these out of conference games, they're just they're just screwed. Yeah, like St. Mary's. But you play. I mean. You t- you take a team like St. Mary's and you stick them in the ACC, or you s- or any of the any of the major conferences, and they're not going to do well. But what do you like about the tournament? Don't you like when you I see like this the underdog, the Cinderella story? And but I I don't think if you if those if those mid major teams had to play major conference teams for an entire season, their records would not be good enough. to Well, get yeah, them. if you think Davidson was in the ACC. Oh, if Davis, they would, Davidson was in the ACC, they would have had a good record this year because I think they're a good team. But they might not. They, they might, might not even make the an eight and nine seed. You might not even be looking at them and making the tournament, really. But a lot of it is strength of schedule. Like Virginia it just Tech, sucks really though because team. their records, the record doesn't show that. Something that I like because I like watching team. the underdogs more than anything in the tournament because that's what the tournament's all about. Mm-hmm. It's about these teams that. Haven't got the chance to play the big conferences because they play in these mid-major conferences, and they get a chance to play against them for the first time. Teams like Butler. Butler's good. Butler, they always make Butler noise. Good. They always um, make noise. They're a known staple in, in the tournament, though. Every year they get in the tournament, every year they do good. And then uh, who else? Uh, like New Mexico State. Well, no, they're not really mid-major. Arizona State, New Mexico State. They're not mid-major teams, but they're teams that are consistently between the 9 and 13 range as far as rankings go. Yeah, that's what I like to see. So I would have liked to see, one, I would have liked to see St. Mary's over, at least over Syracuse. I don't know. I just think Syracuse, they got in because of that, because of the, the whole ACC. And then... Well, Syracuse still has to play in. Syracuse has they to still, play, they they play still, in against... Uh, I think it's uh, Arizona State. Arizona State, correct. And then I would have I would have liked to see Oklahoma State. And I'm going to get into this big thing right now. We're going to kind of keep it as short as we can. I'm going to I'm going to give you my thoughts. You give your thoughts and we'll just keep it there. We'll try not to argue okay. too much. But Oklahoma is a number 10 seed. They're not a bubble team. I mean, they they're not these last first four in playing I think it's today and tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. They are the 10th seed. And they're a team that lost to a team that's not in right now, Oklahoma State. Lost to them twice. 
Uh, Oklahoma State beats Kansas, the number one seed, twice. Granted, beginning of the year. But some of these other teams that made it, they made it because of how good they did towards the end of the year. You know who did not play good towards the end of the year? Abysmal. Didn't win a road game. I think, uh, was it all of this year? All of January or maybe all of, all of this year. All yes, of this year. they did not win a road game. They went eleven and five, Oklahoma. Okay, but I know why they're in. Don't get me wrong, I know why they're in, and that's because the world wants to see Trey Young. But right. I think what we're gonna see, I think we're about to see Trey Young get triple team, and then that team has nothing they can do. Mm-hmm. He's gonna get double and tripled, and then is that what we want to see? Lose. Is that what I want to see? No, no, I don't want to see that. Give him the chance, because if say if he does have an amazing game and they do win, just one game, they proved everybody wrong. All they gotta do is win one game, and Trey Young spoiled it. You know, Trey <sighs> Young spoiled it for everybody because he is good enough. I don't care what you no. read. I don't care what as far as. Player of the Year viewers, candidate. Yeah, I don't care what any of the viewers think. Trey Young is good. He is the real deal. He leads the he leads the nation in scoring and assists for a reason. He is the man. But I just think I really think that Oklahoma State got shafted. Oh yeah, but if we're talking about teams that got shafted, if you're going to kick out, so you'd kick out Oklahoma. I don't think Oklahoma State deserves to make it either. If you're going to get anybody. Notre Dame got gypped harder than anybody. Mm, they did. I think Notre Dame got gypped very, very badly. I they agree. Went Twenty and thirteen. They beat some very good teams in the ACC this year. The toughest conference in basketball they play in, and they went twenty and thirteen. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. You gotta. I think there's other a- records don't say it, but if you win more than half your games in the ACC. Almost double. If you win double the amount you lose in the ACC, then you're doing something right. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I just, I think everyone's going to be upset every year with the selection. But right. I just think, I yeah, think the, a lot of bias the, that goes into the Oklahoma thing really got to me because I was adamant about Oklahoma not making it because of how bad they played. But they're an abysmal team. But <laughs> well, they have the the best player, player in the, the player, nation. and I get it. I get why they want them, and that's a money grab. That's a money grab for the NCAA. I would take Trey Young and one of who's the who's going to watch that game? You're going to watch that game, right? Because you want to see Trey Young. I want to see Trey Young. Yeah, I don't. It doesn't matter if they win or lose to me. I want to see what he does. That is true. Um, you better believe he ain't getting double and triple teamed in the NBA level. He is going to be good. True. All right. So I'm thinking about how we can go over our bracket here. Something I just think we should do, just because I don't. I think going through each round oh, yeah, and talking about it. No, we're not going to do that. No, gonna do that. What we're going to do. Is you're gonna give me three upsets. I'll give you three of my upsets. Alright. And we can go back and forth if you want. Okay, you if give we... one, I'll give one. That sounds good. Okay. I kinda like that. So one upset that I got that I think you got too is uh Davidson over Kentucky. I picked that one as well. I was iffy about it, but I picked it. The reason why I picked it, this is the round of sixty four, by the way. The reason why I picked it, um Kentucky, young team. Yes, they started. They got hot. They won the SEC tournament. They're playing their best ball. They're playing, their, they're playing their best ball right now, but no experience in the NCAA tournament. Calipari is one of the best coaches. That's the only reason. I do question it still if I should change it. But but Davidson's got some They got some Davidson's more senior got players. They've got shooters, and they play solid defense. And I think they're going to come up in – 
I mean, it's 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 crazy because I think more people. I think this is one of the more popular upsets, and maybe that could help UK in the long run because, yes, they're the five seed over the twelve, but I feel like a lot of people are thinking they're underdogs just because they're young. But I don't know. I think Davidson they're peaking at the right time. Davidson's just as hot as Kentucky, by the way. David Kentucky did get hot at the end of the season, but Davidson went on to win their title as well for their conference. And Davidson, one of the more efficient offenses, and they got a senior, Peyton Aldridge, yep. who's averaging 21 points a game. Mm-hmm. You got a senior averaging 21 a game going into the NCAA tournament? Look out. Not to mention, their pace of play is very different than most teams in college right now. They have the slowest adjusted tempo pace of play. So... I think Kentucky's not ready for that. If they can slow no. the game down, Kentucky is going to have a hard time. Yeah, they're just a bunch of athletes. They're going to determine the winner, winner of this game. All right, you go ahead. Um. Well, my upset, uh, it's another, it's another, I feel like a lot of people picked it. I picked uh, Leola Chicago over Miami, 11 over 6. Great minds think alike. Yeah, they do. The South is just going to be full. The South region is going to be full of upsets. But, uh, I mean, I'll give you one that you you might not have. I feel like that was a pretty basic one, but <laughs> I took I also took uh, Texas over Nevada. Okay. I like Texas over Nevada. I just think that Mohamed Bamba is a man among boys. He, he missed a few games there late in the season, but he's back. He's getting healthy again. And I don't think that Nevada has an answer for him. And Nevada themselves, they're limited on their roster right now because they have they have injuries. Their depth, they have depth concerns going into the tournament. So I think that they're going to get in foul trouble. I could see, yeah. they're going to get exposed by the Bomba. I got, I got Nevada winning. To be honest, purely because I dislike Nevada. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do. And you'll see later why I like Nevada. Or how much I do like Nevada. Uh-oh. Anyways, um, another first round upset I got. Whew, man, I got South Dakota State over Ohio State. Another 12-5. South Dakota State is a good team. I took. I didn't pick that one. I picked Ohio State. You're not hearing nothing about Ohio State, so I like... Yeah, I like, I like them right now. Just come up and sneak on them. Yeah. Um, it's their third tournament appearance. And uh they got a six foot nine, two hundred and fifty pound Mike Dumb. Or Dumb. Twenty three point eight points per game, ten rebounds, and shoots forty one four uh forty two percent from the three point line. Mm-hmm. And he's just kinda tough to slow down. And I don't know. I feel like these mid-major teams, you know, they got a lot of seniors. I'm sure OSU's got some seniors too, but uh, I, it's something I looked at, all right? It was kind of, I went in when I when I was picking these, all right? At least 30, from like 36 to 33% of the time, a 10 beats a 7, an 11 beats a 6, and a 12 beats a 5. Mm-hmm. You got to pick those. Oh, you have, that's where your upsets occur. You had to pick 12, gotta pick fives, those. 11s. Over sixes. So when I was making my picks, I was keeping those in mind. I was like, which one of these guys, which one of these tens can and definitely honestly, beat a seven? A 13, a 13 very well could sneak in and beat a four this year. I don't think I picked any, but it could happen. Yeah, that could happen. Um, 
we can just skip on through and get straight down to the Sweet 16 because I want to hear your Sweet 16. You can hear my Sweet 16. Okay. And uh, I'm going to question one of them. You can question one of mine. I'm going to question one of yours and ask how they got there. Okay. Fair enough. You want to go first? You want me yeah, to go I'll first? Yeah, I'll go first. All right. So in the South, in my Sweet 16, I have UVA playing Arizona. And then I have Tennessee playing Cincinnati. So I kept it. Basic one, two, three, four, making Sweet 16 in the South. Okay. In the West, I have Xavier Gonzaga and then the Tar Heels in Michigan. And okay. I kept it the same there, one, two, three, four. In the East, I got Villanova, Wichita State, and then Texas Tech, Purdue. Same old story, <laughs> one, two, three, four. <laughs> but then in the Midwest, I mixed it up. I got Kansas playing my Cinderella team, New Mexico State. Wow. And I have Michigan State against Duke. Okay, well, obviously I got a question for you. How does how does New Mexico State getting there? Well, New Mexico State, how they're going to get there in my bracket is... Oh, I lost my place. New Mexico State is going to... They're going to sneak up. They're going to beat Clemson? They're going to beat Clemson. Okay. Because I'm not a huge believer in Clemson. They had a good season. Clemson's a good team. Don't get me wrong. But... The rise of the SEC in basketball is kind of crazy this year. It is. But I think that New Mexico State is going to sneak up and beat Clemson. And then I think Auburn is not that good of a team. I do not like Auburn. They are overrated, overhyped. I agree. And I but I like don't that, at the same time. That gives them – they're going to beat a four and a five, or a five and a four, and then they're going to run into Kansas. Do I think they'll beat Kansas? Probably not. But I think they'll make the Sweet 16. Mm. All right. And the reason that I think that is because New Mexico State has Zach Lofton. Yeah. Zach Lofton is a senior guard, and he can score the heck out of the ball. He's one of the, he's a top-tier guard in the, in the nation, hands down. He's on a smaller school, so he doesn't get hyped up as much as some of the other guys, but he's good. And they also have Jamario Jones, who's a walking double-double. Yeah, and they're a very... Uh... Um, the only thing is, uh, they're a pretty bad free throw shooting team. They are a bad free throw shooting team, and that could come back to bite them. But I like the style they play, and they have two very dominant players that can compete against any team in the nation. All right, my Sweet Sixteen. I got uh, UVA versus Arizona. I got Tennessee versus Nevada. What? Who? Where? How? Uh, I got uh, Missouri, number eight Missouri, oh, uh, playing uh, Gonzaga. Then I got uh, Michigan versus UNC. And then the other side, I got Villanova versus Wichita State. And Florida versus Butler. And then I got Kansas versus Clemson and TCU versus Duke. I know you got a lot of questions for me. Is it is it hard to pick one? Well, I mean, there's several that I disagree with. Obviously, our brackets aren't the same. <laughs> but I really don't see what you see in TCU. I think that that's probably the most overhyped team in the bracket. Well, they one, play, they they're, they're a veteran team. They're a veteran team. They played, uh, they had to play Kansas twice. They mm-hmm. played Nevada. They played Texas Tech twice. They played West Virginia twice. They had to play some tough teams. They went two and four in top twenty-five. 
That's kind of iffy, you know. But they put up 83 points a game. 83 points a game, but they're in a bad conference. They do have some good out-of-conference games, like you mentioned. Yeah. But they're in a horrible conference. I feel like it's easy to score 80 points in a bad conference. But one thing I like about it is, uh, is that they're veteran. They're a veteran team. I love veteran teams. I love... I don't know. I like seeing seniors and juniors out there playing in the tournament because they've played college basketball. They're ready for it. You know? They're, and, mental, they're mentally stronger than the younger players. I'll give you that. And, uh, you know, their two best players, uh, uh, Vladimir Brodakowski, and, uh, or however you say his name, and Kendrick Williams. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they shoot an impressive 40% combined from the three point line. So. Good three-point shooting team. They're a veteran team. They got to get past either Arizona State or Syracuse, which I can see happening. They could definitely beat those teams. They could for sure. Michigan State. That's the tough one, but Michigan uh, State is good and they're well coached. They're well coached, but I don't know. I, I've never been a. I never really liked Michigan State. That's really the only gripe I have against them. I don't like Michigan State. I don't like them. And I'd love to see them lose, and I'd love to see them lose against TCU. <laughs> Fair enough. All right, Elite Eight. Elite Eight. I have I have Virginia and Cincinnati. Okay. I think and I think that's going to be a heck of a game. Two of the best defensive teams in the nation is going at it. The Bears. Yeah, watch out for Cincinnati. I got Gonzaga and UNC. Another amazing game. Two teams great on the boards, and both very efficient on the defensive and offensive ends. I got Villanova and Purdue, mm-hmm. and then I got Kansas and Michigan State. Okay. I got – oh, hold on. Let me see. Say your, uh, your second one again. I got Gonzaga and UNC. I don't know. I like it, to be honest. Yes. I like what I like what you got. To be honest with you, mm-hmm. you don't have many upsets in there. I don't. Have, I think that maybe that's what I don't like about it. Very top heavy. I think this year, the teams that are one and two are really that much better than the other teams. Okay. I think Kansas, Kansas, Villanova, and UVA are legit number ones for a reason. They're. I do not see them getting knocked out before the Elite Eight. And I could be wrong. This It's madness. You never know. But Exactly. I don't see a team that can beat those three. Xavier, I can see them getting beat. I got Gonzaga, who's got... Gonzaga's got bigs. They crash the glass. They play defense. They run a slower-tempo game. They shoot well from behind the arc. So, I think they're trouble. And I think Michigan State's trouble... Michigan State's just well coached. They got talent. They're well coached. They don't make yeah. mistakes. They don't turn the ball over. They hit their free throws. They do every, all the little things right. And they don't depend. A lot of teams in the brackets, the Cinderella teams make their run hitting threes. The team that wins the championship doesn't have to depend on hitting three point shots because you have off nights. You got to win six games in a row. And you're not going to win them all shooting threes. Yeah. You're not going to stay hot for. You're not going to stay hot for four weeks on the th- behind the three-point line. All right, fair enough. Rockets. Fair enough. My Elite Eight, I got uh, UVA versus Tennessee, Gonzaga versus Michigan, Villanova versus Butler. Oh. And uh, Kansas versus Duke. 
Okay. Why do I believe in Butler so much? Butler is good. Butler is a some good team. Good. You're putting them there. But here's how they get there. I'm going to tell you how Butler made it to my Elite Eight, okay? Now I want so, to hear this story. How so, did so, so here's what happened. Here's what happened. Uh, SF Austin beats Texas Tech. That's so you a, got the upset that snuck them past Texas Tech, okay? I okay, Florida goes on, and they play, and Florida beats SF Austin to get to the Sweet 16. But on the other side, Purdue, they win, get to the round of 32. Butler beats Arkansas. So now we got Butler versus Purdue. Butler beats Purdue. You really think that Butler's going to The Indiana be matchup, Butler beats Purdue. I love Butler. When I, that is my team. I know Purdue's a number one, but or number two, but they could have easily been a number one this year. They were they're that good. They're they are that good. Winning streak. They they went on a nineteen game winning streak. Lost three times in February, then won five more before they got beat by Michigan in the Big Ten tournament. Three of those losses, three of their four losses came against ranked teams. They got a seven foot two, two hundred and ninety pound Isaiah Haas. Who's averaging 14 points per game and clogs the paint up? Here's what I gotta say. Do you believe in miracles? I do believe in miracles, but this is a That's all we Purdue gotta say. I believe in miracles. They're one of the most efficient offenses. So if they if they get by Purdue and then they gotta face Florida, I got Butler. Well, if they can beat Purdue, then they can beat Florida. Hell yeah. And then, you know, they go on to, to play Villanova. Villanova's we'll scary. So I'll get to my final four too. I got UVA versus Michigan, Villanova versus Duke. I got UVA beating Michigan, Duke being Villanova, to have a UVA-Duke matchup where UVA wins 72-63. I like it. I mean, I understand your picks there. I like my Final Four, so I had UVA and Cincinnati playing the lead eight. I got Virginia winning that. And I got a little biased on this one, but I'm a Tar Heels <laughs> fan, so I think that we're the best team in the nation. All right. And it's arguable. I mean, there, there's a few teams that may be better stats-wise, but I got us beating Gonzaga, getting into the Elite Four to play UVA. Okay. And I got Haas and Purdue taking down Villanova. I think the big man is going to shut them down, clog up the paint. All right. And they're going to hit their threes. And then I got Michigan State beating Kansas. Well-coached team is going to beat the team of athletes. I just have a feeling. So then, in my final four, I got Carolina and Virginia, rematch of the ACC championship. And I think Carolina's going to edge them. It's going to be a close game, but I think Carolina's going to edge them out. Okay. And then I got Purdue and Michigan State, and I think Purdue is going to get in there. We're going to have two number two seeds going at it, only having three times ever. And I got Carolina beating Purdue. I like that little fact you throw in there. 78-71 UNC. That's right. Go heels, baby. Go heels, I guess. I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. College basketball is not my forte, and I'm sure a lot of people that heard my bracket will agree that I may not know that much about college basketball. Some risky picks, but, but this is the madness. But That's what, what I know, but what I know, one kid who had the best bracket of all time. Guess what? He didn't watch college basketball, mm-hmm. and his picks were the reasons for him were just like I kind of like their team name. Yeah. That's what it's about. You never know. That's how random this is. Who knows who's going to win? I mean, you can kind of guess the final four. But uh, everything not even though cuz everything so ev- much but everything happen. everything leading up like the elite 8, you just don't know. You don't know who's going to win in the first round, let's be honest. There's so many upsets that can happen. So many things could happen. That's why I love March Madness. 
But uh, you know what else I love? Our beer of the week. Our beer of the week. That is a great event. It's a close, close call. You want to try to? You want to try to pronounce this? Oh, let me see this thing. Why don't you go ahead? <laughs> just, uh, just read this and tell me what it is. All right. So it's spelled G A U L O I S E. I think it is Galois. Galois. Galoisy, maybe? I'm not sure. I'm going to go Galois. I like Galois, too. It the reason, sounds right. Roll off the tongue. The reason why I'm saying that, we're looking at a Belgian beer. Mm-hmm. Product of Belgium, imported by Riverside Imports in Brooklyn, New York. Established in 1858. 1858. This is an old beer. Oh, yeah. And it's pretty strong. 6.3% by volume. It's, uh, it's been a long time since... And it comes in the coolest little bottle. I'm not going to lie. This thing is dope. Other other beer brands, take notice. This bottle is awesome. Yeah, it is, it is, it's a stout. It's like a, little, it's like a little chub bottle, kind of like the Fatty Natty bottles, but with a lump up top. It's nice. A little lump? I, mean, I don't know the best way to describe it, but that's what it looks like to me, a lump. I'm going to pass you this bottle opener. I'll wait for you to try it. A little pop in there. Have I tried this yet? Oh, that sounded good. Oh, yeah. Y'all like that? Yeah. Ooh. I could do that professional. And I feel like you're going to like this. It's a Blonde Ale, so. Oh, yeah. That's right down my alley. All right. Go ahead. Oh, that's nice. This is good. That's nice. This is, uh, we have IPAs and stuff. Those are like crazy tastes, you know? Yeah, they're too stout. sticking the back of the throat too long. I don't like it. This is a beer taste. This is a classic old Blonde Ale beer taste mm-hmm. and they do a great job at it very clean taste very smooth I'm trying to see what else Same i'm getting taste at. from the tongue down the throat i like it doesn't hit you it's differently in different spots it's just nice and smooth all the way down i feel like it goes from the tip of my tongue doesn't hit the sides Mm-mm. just goes straight down the middle down the throat that's what i'm feeling go ahead, get, get it get another sip tell me if you're getting that feeling Oh, yeah. Like, it's not hitting the side of my tongue at all. As soon as it touches my tongue, my mouth knows it wants it in my belly. (laughs) It doesn't play around in there. So, what was that other beer you like? (laughs) We know what kind of beer I like. No, 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 no. I'm talking about, like, we tried, and you're like, oh, this is good. Oh, it's the one that Bailey hated. Oh, I can't remember the name of it. Mm. He said, said, what is this? Oh, the red flag. Oh, yeah, the red flag. That That was all right. I'm just not. I'm not big on all. I mean, y'all know me. I'm yeah, we we have this conversation but probably every time. The blonde ale, not bad. Yeah, so uh, Galus. All right, quickly, what would you pair this with? Hmm. Galus, I like it. I like it for a day in the sun. You know, a little barbecue, maybe like a a burger and a man, just a barbecue burger. Or this is out- on the grill or this is an outdoor beer. I think so. Burgers on the grill, the hot dogs. Uh, yeah, maybe have a steak out there, some barbecue chicken. Someone's throwing a baseball around. Oh, yeah, yeah. Someone's throwing a baseball. You got a football, maybe a little volleyball on the beach. Yeah, you know what? Uh, this, this kind of beer, to be honest with you, this is a restaurant beer for me. This is something they hand to you because it's the presentation that really hits yeah. me. The, they, bottle they, is, the bottle's awesome. They land this down on the table, and you're eating some chicken parmesan. You're at Olive Garden, but a nicer, more mom and pop Olive Garden that isn't called Olive Garden. Maybe something like Spumoni's <laughs> or uh, Tony's. Pam's Kitchen. Yeah, Pam. Yeah, and they just sit this down there and they say enjoy. For some reason, this is from Belgium and this is an Italian restaurant. 
That's what I'm feeling with this. You'd think it'd be like Wiener Schnitzel or something, something German with it, but I don't know. I'm feeling an Italian restaurant with this. I could see that. I so, could see that. What are you rating it out of a 10? Uh, I'll give it an 8. 8? That's yeah. a good. I, I, I think I'm going to do 7.5. Mm-hmm. 7.5. Just an all around good beer. Yeah, good beer. Good beer. I'm going to get another sip before we start. Mm-hmm. It's a bit foamy. Is that foaming up in your mouth? It does towards the end a little bit. It's a little bit warmer. I think that's why. Ooh, nice little burp there. All right, moving right along. As those transitions are always so hard to go to from beer of the week to oh, yeah. back to what we're talking about. Oh, that's tough. This is a little break for you guys because I know it gets kind of re- repetitive when we talk about yeah, NCAA. Double. It up. We can't just talk sport and then one sport and then next sport. You got to have a Oh, by the way. Got a break. Hold on. Before we get there. My wife, uh, she picked a bracket real quick. <laughs> so she picked a bracket, mm-hmm. and she's playing uh, She's playing Sims at the same time because she likes living in a world where I'm not around, and maybe she can just, <laughs> like, have her own little life. I don't know. But she's, she's playing, and I said, hey, babe, do you want to just uh, you wanna make a, a bracket? I said, I'm, gonna, I'm giving you no context. Yeah. Can you just pick? Okay, so I have some here. And I got some quotes from her, too. One highlight. Pretty normal. Arizona over Buffalo. Reason why, you would think. Why do you think she would pick them? Why would she pick Arizona? Because Arizona four seed. Yeah, okay. Well, here's why she picked it. High School Musical. Zac Efron, whoever else was in it. I didn't watch that shit, but... Nah. But, uh, yeah, High School Musical is the reason why she chose Arizona. Okay. Okay. Uh, Loyola Chicago over Miami. Good upset choice. Yeah, I like that one. Too. Why did she pick that. it? Why did she pick it? Midwest Pride. That's why. <laughs> Midwest Pride. Okay. Um, she picked. Uh, she picked Marshall over Wichita State. Hey, get out of here. Yeah, you know why? Why? She doesn't know what a Wichita is. Does fair not enough. know what a Wichita is, where it's at, or I what think, it is. But fair enough. Um. She picked Georgia State over Cincinnati. You know why? Oh, wait, no, this is this is later. Well, she did pick Georgia State over Cincinnati. Then in the next round, she picked Georgia State over Nevada. You know why? Because she wants to eliminate the West altogether. She does not like the West. <laughs> Split it down the middle from the Midwest, everything else to the side, get out of the United States. She wants a smaller United States. <laughs> Even though Indiana was like one of the last states yeah. to become a state. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Uh, and she picked uh, Providence over UNC in her okay, in, like her. in her round of 32. Why? You tell her when we have it. After this is over, me and her is having a conversation. <laughs> More motivated than UNC. That's, that's, Negative. That's the reason why. And listen to this. Listen to this sweet 16. You got UVA versus Kentucky. Some people believe that. Then you got that. Loyola Chicago versus number 15 Georgia State. Hey. Upset City. Uh, then she's got Xavier over Ohio State, Michigan versus Providence, Duke versus Michigan State, Kansas and Clemson, Butler and Florida. She agrees. Uh, Villanova and West Virginia. And uh, obviously she has to have one of those uh, 15 or 11s going to the Elite Eight, and she's got Loyola Chicago. Her final four isn't that bad. UVA versus Michigan. <laughs> well, uh, Florida versus Duke. 
and she's got UVA versus Duke, just like uh, just like uh, you know, old dad right here. All right, old Poppy. I mean, it, ended, got, it ended all right. It she ended got all right. Sets in there, but it ended all right. Florida, I mean, they can do it. You know, they're a six seed. It's not like they're bad. <laughs> I don't like them to go that far, but they're not a bad team. Oh yeah, and when I when I was going over her Sweet Sixteen, she said these teams will not be in the Sweet Sixteen. I was not paying attention. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's her. I just I just like to do things just to just to see what she would say, and she does the same thing to me. So. Glad you guys can enjoy it. I can definitely that. see Virginia Duke. So I hope. I mean, if Carolina doesn't make it, I'm going to root for ACC. So if Virginia and Duke both make it, go fucking Virginia. Yeah. Because I hate Duke, but it's nice to see the ACC dominate. Yep. All right. Moving on to our second March Madness. That's what I would think of this. This is the second March Madness that we get to have. This is going to be a showdown in the NBA, an absolute showdown. We have no idea what the seeding is going to be. We have two teams in the East that are locked. They got their spot in the playoffs. You got one in the West, and another team has over 50 wins, and they're not even clinched yet. They're not even clinched. Oh, wait, no, no, no. They are clinched. They clinched last night. They did clinch. I take that back. They clinched last night. But they clinched with 51 51 wins. 51 wins. That's really what I was trying to get at. 51 wins. They clinched. Just clinched. Mm-hmm. Crazy. That's insane because Boston clinched with 46 wins. Toronto has 49 wins now, but they clinched long before that. Yep. So, and it's not like the East, one through eight, really isn't that bad. I mean, in the West, you got, from four up, you got 40-win teams, and then two up is 250-win teams. In the East, you got... Four ups, 38 wins, Cleveland. And honestly, I see them slipping even further. Yes. But you don't have a 50-win team in the East. And then, but from there down, from like five down, you know, it's 38 to 37. And then 38 to 36 in the East, not that much different. The East looks like it's about to be locked. What's scary about the West is right now you have three teams tied for eighth spot. Utah, Denver, and... To everyone's surprise, San Antonio. San Antonio, 10th. 10th seed, right above the Lakers at 30 and 36. It's it's crazy. It's crazy to see that. Um, ne- as long as I've been watching basketball, the Spurs and Greg Popovich... Have always been in the playoffs. Made the playoffs. This is, this is something else... I'm gonna, I'm gonna dare to ask this question: Is this it for the Spurs? Is this is this the beginning of the end for the Spurs? Are th- well, I mean, you had to think when Duncan left. Yeah, they got Kawhi and they picked up Lamarcus Aldridge. But when Duncan left, mm, excuse me, the beer got to me. But when Duncan left, man, who's old? He is. Who Tony else is Parker's getting older? He's old. He is I'm old. Say, I'm just gonna say. Let's be honest. He's old. Pau Gasol is what? Oh, old. The team. They're going to have to rebuild at some point. And Greg Popovich himself, old. Old man. Skeletor almost. He's been coaching for a very – best he's, coach in the NBA, hands down. But he's been coaching for a very, very long time. He's the Tom Coughlin of – It's it's about his, – his number's about to be called, you know. He's not going to coach for that much longer. And when he goes, as he goes, the Spurs go. Exactly. So I think I, it'll be – I don't think they'll make it this year. I really don't. 
You don't think they're going to make it? Who, who do you think is going to edge into that eighth spot? Do you like Utah there? Do you think Utah's going to stay at eighth? Do you think they're going to move their way up and someone's going to move down? Well, see, the thing about the West is is all the way to the 10th seed, you got 37 wins, and the 5th seed only has 38 wins, and... The fourth seed only has forty wins. I think the what we're about to see only has forty one. We're about to see shifting every like two nights. I don't think San Antonio will make it. No, I no. think we need to watch for Minnesota to slip because with Jimmy Butler being out, that that could happen. They do have good players. They have a good starting lineup, but their bench is weak. Can't guard the guards. Yeah, there's a lot of the there's a lot of good guards in the West. The best guards in the league are in the West, minus Kyrie. Pretty much. And John Wall, I guess. Yeah. But other than those two, the best guards are in the West. And the Clippers, I don't know how they're doing it. I can't explain it. They lose Chris Paul in the offseason. They lose Blake Griffin at the trade deadline. And somehow yep. they're still 36 <laughs> and 29 hanging on to the seventh seed. They got a guy who only scores in the paint. Only score exclusively has only scored in the paint this year. Not even that good. He's a better free throw shooter than last year, but not even that good of a free throw shooter. He hasn't even scored from the free throw line that often. And they're still winning games, and they're still the seventh seed in the West. I think I kind of see the Clippers falling out and Denver taking their spot. Hmm. But I like Utah. I think Utah is good with Mitchell, and Rudy Gobert is balling. He is a monster. So I just, could, just give me give me your give me your one through eight. One through eight, I think. What you think is going to shape out? I think out. Houston's going to hold on to number one. So we got Houston, Golden State, one and two. Portland is playing some great basketball, so I think they'll stick at three. Ten game winning streak. Yeah, I think. I don't see New Orleans catching. Okay, they're only two games back, but I think OKC is good enough to hold that lead, so they'll probably stay at the four seed. Mm-hmm. But from there, I think Utah. I could see them jumping to five or six, and then Denver. I'll put I'm putting Denver in at eight. I want. I think the Clippers will fall out, and the Pelicans will be. So we'll go: Houston, Golden State, Portland, OKC, New Orleans, Utah, Minnesota, Denver. Okay, fair That's enough. How I think it's going to shake out. Fair enough. Me, I'm going like this. I know I talked about San Antonio being being the end of San Antonio, but I do think they're going to edge it out. I'm talking like last five games of the season, they make the eighth seed. Mm-hmm. But I'm going Houston number one, number two Golden State, and I'm going to go number three Oklahoma City. That's what I think. I think Oklahoma City is going to edge it out. They have enough veteran players where they know how to play down the road. I'm going to put Portland at four, and I think it's going to be very close between OKC and Portland. But that right there is vital to be able to be in that that spot. You do not want to be anywhere close to the bottom at this point in the season because you're going to have to face either Houston or Golden State um, in the playoffs in the first round. I mean, underneath that, underneath that, here's what I really think. Utah on a six-game winning streak, they're killing it. They are killing it. Minnesota, they have the injury. You know, uh... Their last ten games, they went five and five. Utah has gone eight and two in their last five. I can see Utah making their way all the way up to around, I'd say, the fifth seed. That's about what I think. I'm going, going Utah at the fifth. Right below, then I'm going um, New Orleans. 
New yeah, Orleans is just a monster. He can yeah. carry anything. New Orleans right below them. So yeah, that's five six. At seven, uh, I'm probably gonna have to go. Um, I'm gonna go Denver. Okay. I'm gonna put Denver at seventh, and at eight, San Antonio barely edges out the Clippers because the Clippers, at the end of the day, they do not have that firepower. And guess who might be coming back in San Antonio? Kawhi Leonard, and that could help them a lot, a lot. He has to come back for them to make it. He has to come back for them to make it. If they don't make it, then go ahead and put the Clippers at eight. Now, this is a little low-key biased on my end. It's actually a lot of low-key biased, but my Lakers, they're (laughs) six and a half games back. There's 16 games left in the season. San Antonio, like we said, has been sliding. I could see the Clippers sliding. You think the Lakers... L.A. has to play Denver tonight. If they beat Denver tonight, they're five games out of eight, eight seed with 15 games to go. It's a long shot. Don't get me wrong. It's a long shot. But nobody expected the Lakers to be in this conversation, and they're there. And I think the way we're playing right now, we just beat the heck out of Cleveland. Would you rather be in the playoffs or have a lottery pick? Well, either way, we're not getting a lottery. Not a good lottery pick. It's a, I mean, you got to think you got four teams right now in the West that are below them, and you got six teams in the East below them. So that's like a ten. Tenth- they'll probably finish better than Detroit, so that's seventh. So they're looking at like a twelfth pick at best, and we lose our pick this year. No, you don't. You only lose it if um, Boston land if you land in between two and five. Now Philly picks it up if it's not between two and five. Oh, so you lose it either we way. We don't have a first round pick this. You year. got nothing to lose then. It's time to just start honing in and just trying to make that that eighth seed so you can bring some fun to your uh, organization. We did get a first round pick in a trade, but we got a first round pick in the Cleveland trade when we sent. Um, when we sent Larry Nance and Jordan Clarkson over, but I just have a I have a feeling that they're gonna turn it on. They're right now they're playing good ball. What do you think Houston and Golden State are most afraid of right now? Mm, Some if I'm Houston. If I'm Houston, I'm scared of OKC because. OKC and Portland technically could slip down and hit that seven and eight. They could. Yeah, but I don't see that happening. That's the craziest part about about this about this this whole conference is that technically right now it could happen. It really could. It could happen where Portland somehow they start losing games and OKC I mean, they're only four games ahead of the eight seed. Exactly, yeah. they've moved down to the eight seed, and then what? You have a one. You have a one versus eight which is Houston versus Oklahoma City, and then a two of Golden State uh, versus uh, Portland. Mm-hmm. Like, what? That is the craziest one. Uh, that's the craziest first-round matchup I think we'll ever see. I think the way it's going to shake out, though, is you'll probably see, from my from my projection, I think Denver will probably go against Houston, and Golden State will see Minnesota, which is... Still scary. Minnesota, even without Jimmy Butler, has a starting five that can play. Carl Anthony Towns, he's improved a lot. He was already a monster, but he's improved a lot. He literally put the team on his back in the fourth quarter to beat Golden State this past weekend. And 
Denver is just good. Denver is just a good team. Guess they're who, deep. They're well-rounded. They played decent defense, and they've scored 120 points five-plus times this year to put them in fifth-most points scored. So I think I think there's not an easy matchup. Do I think Golden State or Houston will struggle with those teams? Probably not. Golden State and Houston's that good. But it's still be interesting to see. Yeah, and then if you look at it, Guess what? The Northwest Division, Portland, OKC, Minnesota, Denver, and Utah. Mm-hmm. Stout. They're all in the playoffs right now. I've never seen a division like that. No. And then, honestly, I know we've spent a lot of time on the West right here, but I was looking at it just in comparison because we said it was close, you know, one through eight in the east isn't that bad. They're not that far. They're not really behind one through eight in the west. But if you look at Eastern Conference teams versus Western Conference teams this year, the East is losing drastically. Like when they yeah. when they go see Western Conference teams or Western Conference teams come to see them, they're losing badly. Yeah. I mean Well, here's what I... The majority of the Eastern Conference teams have losing records. Against the West. Against the West. Yeah. That's that's insane to me. That is that is crazy. Well, Your I'm number gonna... three seed, Indiana, has a losing record against the opposing conference. Your four seed yeah. does as well. And so does your eight seed. Three of your, three of your top eight teams have losing records against the West. And that's before we even get below the line. And after that, from 11 down... I know from ten down, all losing records. Yeah, that's that's what nine of your team, nine out of fifteen teams have losing records. Yeah, well, we're gonna we're gonna try to cut this a little short. But before we get there, before we end this, does any of this one? Does any of this matter? Does any of this back and forth thing with the West? Does any of that matter to? Who's going to be in the Western Conference Finals? At the end of the day, I think it comes down to Portland and Golden State. Or not Portland, Houston and Golden State. But Portland and OKC could sneak up on either one of those teams. They're scary matchups to have in the second round. Yeah. In the East, does it matter? In the East, if if Cleveland falls much further, and I think they will, I definitely think they will, I like... There's no I team. I like Philly to jump to four. I, I but, do. No, here's I like what I'm saying. Philly there's to jump to four, maybe even three. There's no team I like in the Eastern Conference Finals besides Toronto and Boston, mm-hmm. and in the West is Houston and and uh, and Golden State. That's what we want to see. You want to see one and two versus one and two. But get this though. Imagine if it was no conferences. If there was no conferences, that'd be bad news for the East. If it was no conferences, we'd have Houston, Golden State. Toronto, um, Boston, and then we have Portland, OKC, um, Indiana. Was that is that an eight now? We got Houston, Golden State, Toronto, Boston, Portland, OKC. So we're at six. Then you have Indiana and Cleveland. And Cleveland, that's eight. That's eight. And your last two 
is like New Orleans, Minnesota, Clippers, Utah, Washington. That is a lot better. Yeah. Well, there's more. There's 16. But I'm saying those are your top eight. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you looked at your top 16, so all the Western Conference teams up to the 10 seed have 37 wins. Minus the Clippers, but they're 36 and 29. They played one last game. Yeah, you would have ten. You would have ten Western teams and six Eastern teams. Yeah, but I think what you're gonna see is more competition in your be last better competition. Yes, we want to be talking about. Oh, here we go. We mm-hmm. already know the Eastern Conference Finals. We know the Western Conference Finals. Like, no, you may have to see Boston play uh, Houston or Toronto play um, Golden State first, or even if you put. So say, say it worked. It probably would work out to where, in the second or third round, Toronto would they would run into an OKC, or they would run into a Portland. Yeah, I mean, already this year with Cleveland slipping, one of those top two teams is going to get a rough matchup in Cleveland in the next round. There's, there's no doubt about it, because as bad as we think they are right now, and they will slip. LeBron James, LeBron James. LeBron James is, is LeBron. He's been to the playoffs like his entire career almost. And he's been to the finals, what, eight years in a row now? Or yeah. Something I'm crazy sick of like it. that. So I hope this year is the end of it. I do. I want to see somebody new, somebody fresh. But it's just going to be hard to beat LeBron James. All right, to end it all, what's the better March Madness, the NBA or NCAA this year. Oh, there's no better term than NCAA. All right. I just wanted to see if I can get you there. This is an exciting last part of the NBA. Um, But, yeah, thank you all for uh, for joining us here. Oh, yeah, it was great to be back. Hope you all liked what we had to say. Yeah, thank you all. Uh, anything, any last remarks, anything that you want to tell the world that, you're, that you've been dying to tell them? L.A. making the run. Fuck oh, the process. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Wait, what? Fuck the process. Fuck the process. Oh, we're man. We're back, baby. Let's go. I just want to thank you guys for, for being loyal, whoever's listening to this. Shouts out to, to all you salty bitches out there. Thank you all for, right. for hanging on. We're back, and uh, we'll see you all next week.